How do you choose who to trust? Doesn't it usually come down to personal connection? Then why do only 25% of people trust a real estate agent when our job is all about connection? Sounds like there's something missing. Here at Story Real Estate, we're looking for people with integrity and a willingness to serve others. When people get to know you in this career, they should discover a genuine and helpful person who can guide them through tough times. If that's you, join us today. I'm Chris Carpenter, the owner and founder of Story Real Estate. Click the learn more button and let's see if we have a career you'll love. And we're back. It's, I think, Wednesday at this point. Is that? We don't know. Is that, is that Stop right? Stop acting like no. you know. Is that you right? don't okay. know. Uh, um, yeah. You're still wearing the same shirt. There's a good reason to be confused. Um... <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Politic on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Pastor Toby, Chalk Knox, I'm the water boy. Good to be with you. Have you joined the club yet to get all our conference talks? Yeah. Oh, all our so conference good. talks are in there. And also, uh, if, if you don't know, did you see Bonson's economics? Uh, yeah, I saw that show I started, actually started watching that. That was free. That's free. That was just free. Yeah, That's yeah. just free. You just download the app and get that good. Give it away. Like free, yeah. m- free money. Yeah. Business makers. Oh, hallelujah. Bonson, hallelujah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Summer has been great here at Cross Politic. Even autumn and also into early winter it is early winter yeah i agree <laughs> and we want you to join us on this ride first uh as 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 gabe just said it the wrong way we're no longer calling it the fight laugh feast club that's Oops. right it's now called the pub that's right good, second, good habits are hard to break second we've launched a new line of content focused on family entertainment we have our new show this america yes. already in the pub and our exciting new rowdy christian guides highlighting the practical guides to fun and godly life additionally we will have the live streaming of our conferences well we just had the conference and this ad is already out of date. Um, <laughs> and, but we, but we, we dropped those conference talks right after the talks uh, were done. And they're now um, there in uh, Pub TV app. Um, search Pub TV or Fight Left East and yep. it'll come up. Yep. Um, and if you're a pub member, you've got access to all those conference talks from the Ark Encounter. Uh, of course, all our past conference talks uh, all bundled within our new polished so good fight laugh feast app sign up today head over to fight join the pub that's fight laugh feast dot i just gotta say that business makers conference pre-conference is still working on me still working on you. still working on yeah. me it's messed me up okay good well let us know when uh, when it finishes that work and, i don't and yeah. share that three more weeks that wisdom okay hey we're grateful to have with us rick raditz is that did i say your name right rick i hope so um was a product designer, developer, and marketer at Microsoft for 12 years. He's the CEO of Meetin and executive director of the nonprofit Win Win Revolution, which you can find at winwinrevolution.org. Rick, thanks for joining us on Cross Politic. Thank you for having me here. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, Win Win Solution, it says on your website, finally to our seemingly endless political divide. So we're ready. We're ready. Play some music. Are you ready? <laughs> we have, uh, uh, he's got the we're answer. We're going to end the okay. political divide oh, right, right here. I, got, I, I mean, I left yep. and right, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, and conservatives. Here we go. Finally, lay it on us. What's the solution? Okay, the solution to our political divide. Um, well, first, Jesus. you need to know that. Uh, what, what's that? Jesus. That's the solution. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, well. First, you need to know that I love the free market. Okay. I'm a free market guy, always have been, always will be. 
And so I spent the last 17 years trying to figure out how we would apply free market principles to every aspect of governing. Okay? Okay. Because think about it. Normally, when we think of the free market, we think of governing the private economy or governing private action, same thing. But there's clearly more to govern than just uh, the private action. We also have to govern public action, political action, foreign action, and we even have to govern our own government. We have to govern governing action. And an amazing thing happens when you apply free market principles to the governing of all human action. You end up fixing all the incentives, and um, and it's still okay to disagree on things. That's the nature of freedom. Um, and yet, because of these incentives, you can expect constant improvement now in every way. And by constantly improving in every way, that's where it becomes a win-win. The key maybe is to realize that freedom is not just a goal. Freedom is also a process. Once we get our freedom, we can start negotiating and constantly improve things. If we do that in every way, when we govern, we constantly improve in every way, maximizing justice along the way, in every way, and that's where the win-win comes from. Wait a second. Uh, so how how is this I mean I mean this I mean honestly seems too good to be true. I, I this sounds take like take my money. This sounds like I, <laughs> take, take my I, money. I, I'm, I'm in one of oh, those wait. infomercials for one of those vacuum cleaners at 1 a.m. No, I'm kidding. Um what uh, so why why do you think um, why should we think that given freedom people will automatically improve? But wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> the, um, well, that's the nature of freedom done right. Um, freedom done right is not anarchy. Okay, Anarchy is when we govern too little. If we govern too little, then we're not protecting ourselves from harm. Okay, So, see, see freedom as a concept has built into it. Um, a way of helping us know exactly how much government is the right amount of government. We want to govern enough to minimize harm. That way we get freedom from harm. But we don't want to govern any more than that. We don't want to become the dictator dictating everything because then we lose the freedom to act. And so by maximizing freedom, we protect ourselves from harm. We maximize freedom to act. And, and then people are forced, forced to negotiate. And it's that negotiation that leads to constant improvement. It's not because everyone becomes good people. It's because, like Madison and Montesquieu said, ambition is now made to counteract ambition. Maybe it would be helpful if you defined freedom. Uh, what, what, do you, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean Give by that? Teeth to that, yeah. Yeah, well, um, uh the point of view here is from a governing point of view. So what does freedom mean when we're governing? Okay. Like, like individuals might know what freedom means to their lives, but when we, when it comes to governing, what is freedom? Well, I, I'm going to define it like I just did, I think, which is freedom is when we have both freedom from harm and freedom to act. And so freedom is what we have. If we, um, are governing enough to minimize anarchy and not so much that we become dictators. Seems like there's a, a lot of, um, well, I think it was a William Buckley who said, 
Democracy is two wolves and a sheep deciding what to have for dinner. Yeah, I think so. Was that, was that Buckley? Uh, uh, well, originally, I think that was uh, um, Benjamin Franklin. Went all the way but, back but I could to be him. wrong. Yeah, I, think, I, could, I, I could be wrong. I think you might be right. 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 I yeah, think yeah. that's right. And, and it, yeah. it seems like um, all this could be setting us up is for that exact scenario. Oh, um, no, 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 no. The, the whole point, the whole point is to is to combat that kind of thing is, is to um, we want to acknowledge that people can be greedy. People can be wolves. Okay. Um, people and corporations and government agencies and political parties and like, like everyone running around doing their thing, they could all be wolves. And so what do we do? Well, what we don't want to do is too little that would be anarchy. That would be bad. That would be two wolves deciding who to have for dinner um, and a sheep. Um, and, but we also don't want to govern too much. If we become the dictator, then we're the wolves. <laughs> we're creating political oppression, dictating what all the answers are. So the, the Goldilocks government is, again, where we govern enough to minimize harm, but we don't govern more than that. We don't become the dictator. That's freedom. So now. Go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. No, Rick, go ahead. Well, well I was going to say that that's easy to see in the private economy. Okay. If we don't police enough, we get, you know, crime running, running amok and inner cities are seeing that right now. That's in the news. Um, and yet if we govern too much and we govern too much in a lot of ways, if we overregulate, if we over mandate and so on, um, then we become the dictator. If we dictate the minimum wage, if we dictate rent control hmm. if we dictate ceo price caps we are destroying the free negotiation we're destroying freedom and even if we do some good we are simultaneously destroying the mechanism of constant improvement that would have done even better so that's the argument for freedom and it's it's easiest to see i think in the private economy what i'm trying to say is that this concept of the right amount of government the free market approach it also applies to public spending. It applies to politics. It applies to foreign policy, and it applies to governing overall. So it's by doing all of these aspects of governing right. That's where we start to see the win-win. So, you know, it's, that's what I was going to come back to. When you say win-win revolution, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know any revolution where both people won. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't think of one. I know that we won the one that happened with us in our folks across the pond and i'm happy about that uh i don't think that they god that wasn't a win-win yeah that yeah (laughs) yeah so when we start talking about a win-win revolution i'm I'm wondering where have you seen this particular idea worked out before well the idea of freedom working has worked in the private economy for centuries the idea of freedom working has worked in in the political economy like um checks and balances in the political economy prevent any one faction from becoming the dictator. And as long as you don't become the dictator yourself, then everyone has to negotiate. So we've, we've seen political freedom work for centuries. And actually, even with foreign policy, if we defend our nation well, that prevents anarchy. And if we don't go too far, if we don't become the, the world dictator ourselves, then everyone's negotiating trade deals and so on. That's a better thing. So we've actually seen this idea working in the real world for centuries in these three ways. Now we have to extend this idea of, you know, the free market um, into the idea of public spending. 
And then once we do that, then we can extend it even further into education. Because if you educate the people right, then we are going to govern right. There's a direct, but we can't educate right until we figure it out ourselves. So the really the big thing we need to figure out is, is government spending. So that, that's where it, it, it's a mess and it can be better. Uh, and, and real quick, let's, let's focus on social spending because that's related to like social justice, right? That big, big political football. Right now here in the U.S., we live in the entitlement era. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the entitlement era? That's where a past generation has dictated what the spending will be for future generations. We're stuck in the middle. So that's not a free economy, is it? That's a locked up economy, locked up with these big entitlement promises. What this idea says is we should end the entitlement era. And maybe we can still have the same budget, but let's constantly reprioritize the budget. That's how you economize a budget. That's the free market approach to public spending. We don't be the dictator and have entitlement. We don't have anarchy and let people power make any decision they want to make. We force a prioritizing process. Like it's okay to spend the money as long as you prioritize it. If you can't prioritize it, you shouldn't be spending it. Oh, okay. Oh, oh pick me. Go ahead. Pick me. Question. Uh, maybe this is too simple. And I don't know if since we're talking about win-win, I guess I'm going to win this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we both. Since, since, we since both. it's a win-win kind of setup yeah. that you have playing here, why not just not overtax the people and let them decide what to do with their health care and with their parents and let them have their own money and not raise the budget and give them their money back? Well, um, remember back to uh, James Madison. No. And where he argued <laughs> ambition must be made to counteract ambition. Okay. Okay. James Madison and his mentor, Montesquieu, um, they didn't say pretend ambition doesn't exist. <laughs> they said acknowledge the existence of ambition, but make it counteract itself. Mm. So, so here's the thing. Your idea would work if only we could get the voters to be less ambitious. Good luck. That's not going to happen. Okay, I thought the we were win winning here. Demand lots of spending because they want to help the people they want to help, or they want to help themselves. Okay, so there's going to be this demand, this demand for government spending, and it's going to overwhelm the budget if we don't do anything. So what do we have to do? We have to cap it so it's sustainable at least, and then within the cap, we have to prioritize it so that the people who you know the ambitious people who want government spending for some purpose. Okay. But they have to fight with all the other ambitious voters. That's how we make ambition counteract ambition. Isn't so we're not denying reality. We're, we're harnessing reality. But, well, it seems like what we're allowing is envy. Well, that's exactly the same argument that leftists make against capitalism. Okay, that's kind of like no, 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 no. That's not fair because I'm not saying that you get to take my money so you get to do what you want to with it. That's what I'm okay, saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to keep my. So that's not okay. the same argument, right? I'm saying just because you're envious of someone else doesn't mean you get to rob me more so you could do what you want to do. Yeah. Well, you see, that person's envy is essentially that person's greed. Okay, so it's the same argument. Um, greed exists. <laughs> greed came first. Okay. The question is, when it comes to governing, is what do we want to do with greed? How do we how do we protect ourselves from greed? How do we harness greed? And again, we're, we come back to the Goldilocks government. If we 
don't do anything, greed will run amok, envy will run amok, and that's scary. If we try to dictate what the answer is, well, then we're the evil dictator, even if we're trying to be benevolent. The right answer always is the Goldilocks government, freedom, where we allow the greed to exist, but we give it an incentive. In the private economy, greedy people are incentivized to do things that please others. That's a good incentive. Greed is not good. The, the economic incentives are good. Same thing here. In a prioritized budget, because of forced competition, the greedy voters don't want to compete. They just want a bigger budget. We're forcing them to compete for a smaller budget, a capped budget, and we're forcing them to compete in a prioritized, in other words, transparent budget. It's the cap and prioritize reform that minimizes the size of government. To pretend that we can outlaw government spending in the way you're proposing, um, James Madison thought he did it. He thought that there was no article in the Constitution that that gave fed the federal branch that power to spend um, money on on uh, on such things. But um, when you have when you artificially declare there's no spending allowed like that. You create the political incentive to create an entire political party that ignores that rule. And that's the political left. So congratulations. Your philosophy just created the political left. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know exactly how it got there, but ow. Yeah, that actually. Well, I think, you know what? Actually, I think it's the other way around. Your philosophy. So? Yeah, because if you're going to allow people to steal from me in order to, because of their envy, so that they can have what it is that they want. You, that's exactly what the left is doing. What I'm trying to say is don't steal from people, allow individuals to use their money properly to take care of their elderly right. and remove the, the responsibility of the government to have to act like it's actually part of the family. So I want individuals okay. who are the family um, to be able to take care of their own people without actually being stole from to take care of other people's people without having. I think there's all sorts of different in, um, governments that we can use to take care of the poor. But I don't think someone should have to steal from me in order to be able to take care of their people. That's not that's, okay. that's exactly what I don't want. Uh, no, I, I, I hear you. So just to make sure that I understand your point, um, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that. When a society through its processes decides to tax its own citizens in some way um, and then spend that money on other citizens that you feel like that's theft via voting or something like that. Is that is that I accurate? think that's, that's that's close. Yeah. Yeah. OK. 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 So um, that, I have that would rule. be injustice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to argue not. Okay, I'm going to argue the opposite, and I understand the, the, the forum I'm in, and we'll see if I can convince you. See, I'm going to argue that it's my freedom as an individual to choose what society I want to be a part of, even if that society is not the society that you'd like to be a part of, you know, if they'll have me. And so if I use my freedom to voluntarily be part of a society that taxes its own citizens that way and spends the money in some progressive way. If that's my choice, that's my freedom. How dare you tell me I don't have that freedom? So okay? this isn't a win-win. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. This doesn't, yeah, yeah. This doesn't well, feel like well, a win-win at all. Well, it's not a win-win if you're going to think that... I should um, have freedom? 
No, if, if, if you think that taxes are of are theft, if you think taxes are theft, not all taxes are theft, but some are. Okay. Okay. Um, Maybe let's scale down the problem a little bit. Let's say you just had five people in the context of freedom. They have their freedom. If five people want to come together and form a little mutual beneficiary society and pool some money for hard times and then use it in some way, you you wouldn't have a problem with five people voluntarily doing that, right? I would, depending on what it's for. And, and I wouldn't and define taxation as pooling. No, no, money no. I mean, I mean, the, the, the five people are voluntarily coming together. It's it's their freedom, isn't it? Uh, it's their freedom to come together. It's not their freedom to determine how much of my money they get to keep. They don't get to. No, no, not that. your money. You're not part of this. On their own, five other people are coming together voluntarily, pooling their money, taxing themselves in the process, and spending it. If they want to act like there's no God, then sure. Okay. Okay. So, so, so as long as you're not part of that society, you're, you're fine. That's their freedom if they no, like it. Right? Absolutely not. That's what my point was. There's still a standard on what they get to decide they get to take from other people. Not other people themselves. That's they're, right. they're voluntarily them, part I'm of saying, society. And I'm saying themselves and themselves. Absolutely. They can't just say, we, we decide we get to take this much money from ourselves. They can't make up morality. They can't voluntarily contribute to their own little club. That doesn't make any sense. Well, that's would be theft. Not if not if it's voluntary. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, go ahead, Pat. Well, I, I guess I'm I'm not following your your objection. So if, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I guess I'm leaning over well, here with him if, for a if, second. Well, I, if the idea the, is the, the vacuum salesman is making sense to me. For yeah, a yeah. Second. Well, I'm saying that if they get together and say. <laughs> Um, we get to uh, calculate all of them or uh, more than 10% gets to be gathered then for each other. I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to that. Put an arbitrary yeah, number we, in a group of what's, yeah, what's our as a yeah, unit. It depends on what, yeah, it depends on how if we're talking how about much, a government. Yeah, he's just saying like a club of people like, like, Oh, like so five. me and you, us three yeah. are, are just, are, I so think he's just talking about three. Rick, are you just saying just five people? Just get yeah, together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Y'all do what you want. Okay. That, uh, yeah. Well, that's, the next question whoa. is, Ooh. does it make a difference if there's 500 instead of five? Sure. Do what you want. Do what you well, want. But here, here's, okay. the, here's one thing. What I, about 500 me, million let, instead of 500? Let me, let me interject here real quick, Rick. Um, okay. Uh, I think this is a helpful uh, exercise, by the way. So th thanks for framing it this way. I guess the thing that I would say, and this is now I'm going to come back, swing back around to my friend Knox's point is I, I think there's freedom of association, but within freedom of association, there are certain things that are written into the nature of the world. Um, things like um, uh, family, for example, um, mm -hmm. such that um, I don't like if 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 me and Knox and Gabe and Neil and Garrison, those are our, our helpers here in the studio. If we all got together and we decided, you know, we're gonna do, um, I don't know, some we're gonna gamble on football or something like that. We're gonna do fantasy football. Um, while I I have the sort of legal freedom to gamble away my money, it would be immoral for me to put into the pool more than I I morally should um, in order to take care of my family. Sure. So, so there's, so there's other constraints besides just sort of like what the civil government, like the civil government will let me like gamble away my whole paycheck so that my wife, mm -hmm. my wife and kids go hungry. But I, I, I really, that isn't real freedom. That's not real. It's not real freedom for me to throw away my paycheck and not provide for my wife and kids. 
Do, do you see that? So like, it, like you could say, can they set as much money as they want? You know, like here's, here's the dues. It's, it's $7,000. It's $10,000 a month. And that's like, you know, that's everything. Well, yeah, I, I can, but I ought not. And that's not really freedom to be able to throw away my responsibilities to my family. Does that make sense? Well, I, I, I agree with you that that would be, um, that would be a bad scenario. Um, I mean, the person shouldn't do that. And, and so the person would no longer want to be a part of that club. <laughs> the person would want to leave that club at that point if it's threatening their family. And, and, and that's they, kind of the but, point. But what here. if they don't? Well, well, then that's on them. That's a bad choice. That's their choice. Right. But it's not freedom. Well, it, no, the whole point is it is freedom. It, it, it's, um, uh, are you kicking oh, black it, folks it, out again? I'm wondering. I'm just, I'm starting to feel like, I'm starting to feel like if we don't want to play your game and we get outvoted, that, I don't get a chance to. That is freedom. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Just send me back on the boat then, Rick. Well, I think what Rick is saying is you can voluntarily join the club or leave the club. Right? No, it, that's what, that's what we're yes. saying. So, can you though? Well, that's, but that's, that's why I think the analogy can breaks you? down. Right. Is that, that we can't just all of a sudden decide to leave the, leave the government. Right. Like, like those states. No, 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 you can, you can. It's it's paperwork, not not and, and not according to the Civil War. <laughs> um, paperwork <laughs> is not philosophically significant. Yeah. Okay, you you, you got to pay your past ta- taxes and and file some paperwork, and then you are no longer a U.S. citizen. Okay. Um, and, well, but and what so, if Idaho doesn't want to be part of the union? To Toby's point, like that's what I want. I love secession. I'm from Texas. No make exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother discussion. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> but 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 is it really? I mean, I guess that's the whole point. Like the whole um, point was we went from five the, the, people to five million. The, yeah. the, the states yeah. in the union said we voluntarily yeah. joined this club, and now you're yeah. you're putting a gun to our head saying you can't leave. That 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 that's actually a really good point. Um, and uh, let's remember that it is a mistake always to compare the real world. To some imaginary impossible ideal, okay, because we'll always find the real world to be falling short. And so, I think you raise a really good question, and um, uh, and I think that is a longer discussion. Uh, I'm trying to make a simpler point. Okay, I'm trying to say that hey, it's my freedom to be a part of whatever society I want to be in. If they'll have me, that's society's freedom to choose me or not. But if I'm in a society voluntarily, then darn it, I'm in the society voluntarily. That's where it's voluntary. Now, once I'm a part of society, I have, in writing or, um, you know, de facto, accepted the rules of of that society, as long as I maintain, as long as I decide to be a part of that society. So. That includes some degree of taxes and a process to change the taxes. Right. It was. It's voluntary because I'm here voluntarily. I I don't mean this is a complete curveball, but let me just throw this out there. I I understand that you know you and I and you know we can you sort of we emerge and we're like, okay, do I want to live in America or do I want to move to Canada or do I want to move to Mexico or whatever? Um, But what about children? Yep. And specifically, what about unborn children? Uh, okay, yeah, we, we can. Let, let's just solve everything right now. I, I want to know. It's <laughs> a win-win, Rick. How, how, how before we, the win-win, how do we get the win-win between okay. my body, my choice, and, um, okay, that, and that, that, that's a great heartbeat. question. That's a great question. Remember, what I'm proposing here is we're taking the free market approach yeah. and expanding it now to all aspects of governing. Right? Yeah. 
Another way of saying that is we're taking the laws of economics, the fundamental laws of economics, and applying them to all the governing of all human action. The beautiful thing about the laws of economics is that the laws of economics do not tell us what to do precisely. They only help us fix incentives. It's the incentives that help us improve uh, cell phones and cars and rocket ships and so on. The laws of economics do not tell us how to build rocket ships or cars or cell phones. Now, if we apply this idea to politics, we end up with a political philosophy that says, let's all come together on the free market approach. Let's all come together on the fundamentals. And then it's okay to have disagreements about everything else. You and I might disagree about what the best car is or the best cell phone and so on. That's okay. So you and I might disagree on abortion law or gun control or, or border security. <laughs> that's okay. In this philosophy, that's okay. So the win-win comes from coming together on the fundamentals. That's healthy. Accepting a disagreement on everything else. That's political freedom. That's also healthy. Isn't the right but, to life the most fundamental freedom? Personally, I agree with you. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I'm happy to give an even stronger argument in favor of the right to life. But what I'm saying is people are going to disagree. And that disagreement, see, the win-win doesn't mean everyone agrees. Sure. That would be insane. The win-win comes from constant improvement in every way. If we constantly improve private action, that's prosperity. If we constantly improve the public funding of social programs, we're helping people better, better, better over time. That's social justice. And so that's the win-win. The right gets limited government economic freedom. The left gets social justice. The center gets the combination. It's actually a win-win-win. Michael Scott would approve. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, uh, let me read this out. I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> Page. I, I, lo I love that episode. <laughs> yeah. Page 50 is a distinctly Christian marketing company striving to help Christian-owned businesses grow and succeed in our digital age. They don't just want to make a paycheck. They want to change the world. And that means building it alongside you. I think that's also a win-win, right? <laughs> the mission is bigger than just Sunday. Page 50 wants to help Christians recapture the work week, economic and political influence, and the public square. Page 50 doesn't work with just anybody, but if you are a Christian believer, they want to work with you. So visit page50.com. That's the word. Page P A G E fifty F I F T Y dot com and see what they can do for you to do today. That's page fifty dot com. Hey Rick, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think it's intriguing what you're thinking through and how you're trying to work through this. Uh, where can people find out kind of more of, of your philosophy here? Yeah, it's all for free up on uh, winwinrevolution.org. Awesome. Uh, so that's our website, winwinrevolution.org. Okay. Appreciate you, Rick. Thank uh, you very much for your time, man. Fun and, conversation, and, man. Uh, Thanks. Uh, we, we'll have to do this again. Maybe next time we can we can grab uh, a beer. Let's get a beer yeah. and sit down, and then we will then we will really win, win, yeah. win. <laughs> if you're single, yeah. get married. If you're married, have you some kids, and if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Hi, I'm Luke Ritchie. Wrong timeline. Okay, that's better. Time travel mechanics can get a little bit tricky. I'm Luke Ritchie, Chief Visionary Officer of Gravity Jack. 
In 2009, we founded Gravity Jack and essentially patented they are. What I'm about to tell you about is a vision that was 14 years in the making, War Tribe of Vinyaman. This is a game that feels so real, it might be. It's a genre-defining game for AR and mobile and the Apple Vision Pro. We've integrated artificial intelligence, not just into the characters in the game, but actually in the business model of War Tribe. So I love augmented reality games. They're one of my favorites. Uh, but the problem is it seems like they've added AR as an afterthought into the game. What if you sat down for 14 years and planned the entire thing around augmented reality? Games make a ton of money, and typically that money doesn't end up in the pocket of the players. We intend to change that. Lastly, and this is important, half the world has never and never will be targeted by big tech for an AI natural language processing engine. We're definitely gonna change that. War Tribe of Binyamin has gameplay like you've never seen before. We have portals opening everywhere, we have holographic communication, but what's really cool too is the world of 2133 is accurately geo-overlaid on the world of today. We're laser focused on ROI for our shareholders, which is you. One of the things we're doing that's super unique that's never been done before is taking 10% of in-game revenue monthly and giving it off as a dividend. The other co-founders and myself started Gravity Jack in 2009, but in 2007 we'd actually sold our company to a gaming company. We've hired the best of the best in terms of game development. Our director of development, product designer, are all veterans in the gaming space. Uh, and not only that, we're going after a market that's gigantic. We're combining four huge major markets, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, translation, and gaming, uh, all for a combined market value of 1.85 trillion. Our incredible history has led us to be experts in mobile development, augmented reality, AI, gaming, and computer vision. It's been a wild ride here at Gravity Jack. A benefit to being so early on in augmented reality has led to a robust patent portfolio with active revenue and more to come. We've had the privilege of working with clients such as Oscar Mayer, Kraft, Lincoln, Samsung, T-Mobile. We've also worked on non-lethal Department of Defense contracts as well. We were a reference developer for Meta on the Oculus 2 directly, creating a game where other developers look to our source code for best practices. Early on in Gravity Jack's history, we did a game for Double Down Casino, and at the end of that contract, it was grossing 35 million a month. Our robust history has led us to be experts in augmented reality, AI, gaming, computer vision, and mobile development. Play to earn opportunities for the impoverished create an AI language model for unreached people groups, allowing us to have an eventual monopoly on speaking to half the planet. Our focus is shareholder dividends immediately after the game and into the future to create a game that's gonna blow the world's minds. And we're pulling people out of poverty and into productivity. So what's the ask? Join the Binyamin.